What is going on? AJ, let's talk sports here at you again. This is a Monday recap or a recap Monday edition. Stay tuned tomorrow to get your sporting bets also. I'm new to the sporting bet feature, so we can learn as we go. Also, you can be a guest on my show as well. Reach out to me. I'll even throw my number out there, 937-856-3863 if you want to call or text. So anyway, let's going to get into some top headlines throughout the sports world, shall we? Washington football team. Um, the new name, a logo, will have no linkage to Native American imagery, President Jason Wright says. The Washington football team, which is choosing a new nickname and logo that depart from any linkage to Native American imagery, will not consider Warriors as an option, Team President Jason Wright wrote Monday. So Wright made the announcement in his weekly brief posted on the team's website, citing the team's inclusive process to listen to all voices. So still, the WFT, if you're just going to call it the WFT, doesn't know what name he's going to pick. They still don't know. Thank you, Jason Wright. Good job. You guys suck at football, and you guys suck at picking names. <laughs> just thought I'd let you guys know that. This one coming out of the soccer world, if you want to listen to this, it's another racism thing going on in the England Football Association uh, for soccer. They condemn racist abuse aimed at Marcus Rashford, Bukoya Saka, Jaden Sancho after Euro 2020 shootout loss. So England's Football Association released a statement in the early hours on Monday morning condemning the online racist abuse of players following the team's penalty shootout loss to Italy in Sunday's Euro 2020 final. We're going to talk about that more here um, later in the program, but we're going to talk about the racism stuff. The sides drew 1-1 after extra time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Here's the uh, quote here. We cannot be clear that anyone behind such disgusting behavior is not welcome in following the team. We will do all we can to support the players affected while urging the toughest punishments possible for anyone responsible. So here's a quote here from England. Uh, We're disgusted that some of our squad who have given everything for this shirt this summer have been subjected to discriminatory abuse online after tonight's game. We stand with our players. And there's an FA statement on discriminatory abuse. Read it if you must. Um, The England captain Harry Kane denounced the abuse, sending a message to those responsible. If you abuse anyone on social media, you're not an England fan and we don't want you. End quote. There you go. Saka's club Arsenal backed their player on Monday as well. A lot of quotes here. Trying to end racism in the country. Will it ever stop? Will it ever happen? I don't know. But eventually, it'll get better, I believe. But time will tell. I kind of want to talk more about this. UFC 264. McGregor is really pissed off. He says Dubs Poirier's win illegitimate. Second round would have shown all, he says. But... If you see it, actually, I want to talk more about this. I'm going to just touch on it briefly, but this is kind of a top headline as we go through the Monday recap. Um, once we get into the main topic, we'll get, we'll discuss this further. But um, I don't want to get into all of that yet, but he does say that he... I don't know if McGregor's done any comments. I'd like to see some comments on this. If you believe Conor McGregor's career is over with, do you think he's going to get another shot? I don't really think they're going to do a Dustin Poirier McGregor again, like quadruple trilogy, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know the word for that one. Um, but he, he, I saw him on Instagram. He posted he already had he had like a three-hour surgery on a tibia fibia 
You know, it snapped. We'll discuss it further, like I said. But he's really pissed off of what happened. Um, saw some comments on also the Instagram, Twitter, where it had videos of him kind of cussing at Poirier and really uh, frustrated and upset. Also, I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of his career because he might be done and over with. He's not that old, though. I think he's only like 32, 34 years old. But he's already made a lot of money. He's making his money off that whiskey and all that stuff and endorsements. So he's making more money on endorsement sales than he would make in just fighting. So he could be done. I don't know if his mind is not into it anymore. Um, he looked good, though. He looked really good. He looked really in shape. But McGregor pissed off. Another top headline today in the MMA world. I'm sure most of you have followed MMA or UFC or anything like that. Heard us Travis Fulton. Travis Fulton died in his jail cell of an apparent suicide. This article was written yesterday by Jason Owens. How you doing, Jason? What's going on? So he's an all-time MMA fight leader. Uh, former professional Travis Fulton competed in most MMA bouts in the sport's history. He passed away in Cedar Rapids, Iowa in his jail cell of apparent suicide. According to Lynn County Sheriff's Office, a worker conducted a routine sweep at 4 a.m., found Fulton unresponsive after he appeared to have hanged himself. After attempts to resuscitate him, as didn't happen. Five in the morning, according to LCSO, was 44 years old. Cause of death remains under investigation, though. So Fulton faced multiple child pornography charges. Didn't know all this before I read the article. So, yep, according to Cedar Rapids Gazette, a lot of stuff going on in this guy's life. So bad things as well. So I guess he just had had enough of it. 44 years old, was done. Probably was going to get um, pretty uh, abused in the uh, prison system as well. Fulton competed in MMA since 1996. So he competed in 320 MMA fights from 1996 to 2019 across multiple federations, compiling a 255-54-10 and 54 and 10 record with one no contest. His nickname was the Iron Man, a nod to his longevity. He competed twice in the early days at UFC, posted a 1-1 record fighting in UFC 20 and 21. He last fought in M1 Global, rode to M1 on April 4, 2019, a court, uh, recorded a submission win over Shannon Rich. So there's your top headline in the MA world. Travis Fulton passes away at age 44. All right, main topics of the day. Throughout this weekend, we had a massive display of sports from all over to baseball, NBA, golf, NASCAR, Wimbledon, and we're going to talk about the Euro 2020. So we're going to stay in baseball. So we are going to talk about, bear with me as I'm going to be flipping around through all these articles and seeing the different uh, stats here, watching, the, taking a look at the stat line for the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. One and two faced it off in the NL Central. 48 and 42, the Reds 53 and 39, the Brewers. And the Reds won yesterday, 3-1. to one. Castellano, Castellanos gets key hit as Reds beat Brewers, 3-1. Hit a tiebreaker, two-run single off all-star closer Josh Hatter. So it went, Reds was up 1-0 all the way to the 6th. Then it was tied past the 6th. Then the Reds double up in the 9th to win 3-1 with 12 hits against 5 hits. So 12-5 to five and hits. Pitching. Only looks like... Uh, that doesn't look very good. What the heck? 
Uh, one inning, half innings pitched, half innings pitched. I don't know what that is. One inning pitched. It should be more than that, but maybe I'm not looking at this right. And there is a scoring. Game details, 32,000 in attendance. 70 degrees there. And uh, closing odds is Milwaukee was actually favored one uh, by a 175 and over-under was 7.5. They didn't cover the over-under, so they went under on that. And then Milwaukee didn't cover the closing odds. Game time was 3 hours and 48 minutes. So, uh, I was trying to look at some stats here. Here we go. Some stats. Uh, Winker had five at-bats. He only had one hit. Uh, Votto had two hits. Stevenson had two hits. Freeman had two. Castellanos, I don't look like he didn't. Let's see. Castellanos had, yeah, Castellanos had two hits, two RBIs. Had two strikeouts, though. Pitching, Luis Castillo went 5.1 innings pitch, allowed three hits and only one run. Had six strikeouts and six balls, based on balls for Castillo. So who got the win? Who gets the save? Hendricks actually gets the win at 5-1, and one, and Osich gets the save, and he gets his first save of the year. Uh, Castellanos had a double. Uh, let's see here. Castillo had a double play. Um, let's see some base on balls. Doolittle went one of two. Doolittle had three batters faced. Um, so that's it. We're just talking about the Cincinnati Reds right now. So just wanted to talk about that because I'm really excited because with the Milwaukee Brewers and stuff around here is only like an hour away. So that was fun stuff. I had the NBA, the Bucks over the Suns. Phoenix leads the series two to one. The Bucks won 120 to 100, and I don't even want to talk about Giannis, the Greek freak, just exploding off on the top performers of the night. Ridiculous with 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, and a steal. Got himself a double double, almost four assists away from a triple double. Uh, the team stats, well, Chris Paul only had 19 points and 9 assists, so he had himself one away from a trip, uh, from a double, but didn't step his game up like he was supposed to in Game 4 or Game 3. So it's 2-1, and one, Phoenix, still in Milwaukee, and I believe the next game is in a couple, on the 14th, I believe, July 14th at 7 o'clock Central, I believe. Uh, 48% to 47%, so the field goal percentage was pretty close, I'm not going to lie. But Milwaukee had them in three-point percentage. 14 of 36, dropping bombs from beyond the arc. Free throws pretty evenly, but goes to Milwaukee. Rebounds went to Milwaukee, 47-36. Offensive rebounds, 13-6. Assists, 28-21 to Milwaukee. Milwaukee had more steals. Close in blocks. A lot of turnovers for the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns, though. Not good. Points in the paint, Milwaukee. Second chances, 20-2. to two. That stands out big time for Milwaukee. Lot offensive rebounds, putbacks, 20-2. Second chance points, big time in that matchup. Uh, fast breaks, 16-6. A lot of, lot of fast breaks. Points off turnover, 17-10, Milwaukee. Biggest lead, 25-6, Milwaukee. So, kind of turning around from Milwaukee. They're only 16,637 in attendance. Deserve Forum. 
Milwaukee four and a half over under 220. So did they cover? Ooh, they hit it right on the nose at 220 with over under equal. Then four and a half, they actually they did win by four and a half. So they covered the spread and spot on on the 220 number. That was pretty crazy how that happened. So let's take a look at who had the most points. Obviously 41 without it a Kumpo. But for the Phoenix Suns, I think Chris Paul, yeah, it looks like Chris Paul is the highest one. Um, let's see. Sarek, Galloway, Moore, Smith, Carter, they're all out for Phoenix. Now look at Milwaukee. Holiday had 21. Middleton had 18. So that was, you know, they did pretty good. So there's your uh, NBA stats of the day. And we're going to keep it moving with the uh, PGA. Uh, John Deere Classic happened um, Sunday. This was, I think, yesterday. So kind of excited about that. Let's see here. Glover, we're just going to hit this topic real quick. So as a TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois, um, Glover won. Um, that we've finished out in around four of a 64 with a 19 under overall, over more. Na was up there. Brown, List, Munoz, Schink, um, Power, Champ, Henley, O'Hare. A couple of big names are up there. There's Riches Revy. He's pretty cool. I like him. But number one was Lucas Glover. He's in 79 ranked overall. Taking a look at him and his round that he did. Really nice, fantastic fourth round for him to pull it out. Came up, kind of came back from behind and beast moded it. That's all I got to say. Now let's take, here we go. We're going to take a look, look at Lucas Glover's uh, stats on the PGA Tour. Strokes gained, he's 65th. Uh, let's see it's scoring average, he's 65th. Driving distance, he's not very good at 127th. Um, just taking a look at some key, key ones here. Proximate, proximity to hole average. So he's not landing his shots coming in on the green. Is 99th. He's not really all that great, to be honest. Um, he's made 1.3 million, though. He's 73rd on the money list. So, taking a look at his results, he got a first percent. He actually got, he made $1.1 million, which that catapulted him into the top, one of the top money winnings. He got 40, uh, 41st in Rocket Mortgage Classic. Um, didn't he miss the cut at Palmetto? Got 37th at the Memorial there in Columbus, and uh, he's from Greenville, South Carolina. He's 6'2", 195. Went to Clemson. He lives in uh, St. Simmons Island, Georgia. Turned pro in 2001. He's actually 41 years old. November 12th, 1979 is when he was born. So taking a look at your winner, Lucas Glover, at the John Deere Classic this weekend, and then now we're going to take a look at NASCAR. Hopefully there's some NASCAR fans out there. I haven't talked about NASCAR in a while. The NCS Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart in Hampton, Georgia. That's the Cup Series final. Kurt Busch. Kurt and Kyle go back to back on one number one and two. Kurt Busch actually started first and ended first. Kyle Busch started 18th and got first. Martin Truix, um, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Jace Elliott, Christopher Bell, Matt DiBonetto, and Brad Keselowski in the top 10. Kurt Busch gets 59 points. And let's look at the qualifying. Chase Elliott 
one, Kyle Busch, two, Denny Hamlin, three, Christopher Bell, four, Martin Truex, five. So there's your qualifying. And then there's your results for Kurt Busch winning. So there you go. There's that, there's that score. There's all that stuff going on. Then you had um, the Wimbledon. Wimbledon for the men's. Men's singles. Grand Slam. Djokovic wins over Berrettini. Berrettini, we talked about earlier in the other podcast a couple days ago, that he was the first Italian in the Grand Slam final. But Djokovic wins. Looks like three three straight sets because Berrettini won the first set. And then Djokovic, two, three, and four. Six, four, six, four, six, three. Done. Get out of there. Wins the Wimbledon. And he's really stoked. Really stoked. <laughs> so there's your tennis. Now we got, so we talked about the baseball, some NBA, the finals, John Deere Classic and the PJ, NASCAR, Wimbledon winner. And now we're going to talk about their Euro 2020, um, Italy versus England. So it went 1 1, and they had to do a shootout. And Shaw pretty much got the uh, the win there for Italy. Or no, no, that was that was there. Uh, there's the shootout right there. So Berardi gets it. Kane got it. Belotti lost and didn't get it. Maguire got it. So they went one and two. So England looked like they were going to win it. So they went back to back. Kane Maguire got one and two. So it was two one in the shootout. Bonucci got it. Scores and Rashford missed. Rashford, Sancho, and Saka, all three missed. And Benucci and Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi got it to equalize it, to win it, and then Saka had a chance to tie it up. But, alas, did not happen. Top performers, Federico Bernadeschi, the shootout goal, Luke Shaw with a goal as a defender, and then Leonardo Bonucci gets a goal, and they win. 1-1 uh, one, one with the shootout, 3-2 in the shootout win in at Wembley in London. Bjorn Kupers was the referee. Sander Van Rokel was a linesman one. Linesman two was Aaron Zenstra. And the VAR, whatever that means, is Bastian Dankert. So there's your game details. Any yellow cards? There was. No red cards in the match. Yellow cards, 5-1. Italy. Italy was... Busting them up in the yellow cards. Possession 66% to 34 with Italy. Shots on goal 19 to 6. Ridiculous. Corners 5-3. England actually has that. Crosses 18 to 10 for Italy. Fouls 22 to 13. That goes to Italy. Yellow cards, like I said, 5-1 Italy. Red cards nil. Offsides 4-1. Italy actually had a lot of offsides. Assists England with one. That was it. There's your matchup. There's a Euro 2020 winner. And Italy gets it. 3 ill. 3 nil. First group A gets it all the way. Woo! So I done almost forgot about the whole um, UFC. I didn't even get to discuss the UFC 264 that we were talking about. So I will talk about so we if you did my Friday UFC pickums and listen to that podcast, you knew that I picked. I picked O'Malley. That's only like pretty much the only one that I won. Yeah, that is in the main card. So Sugar Shane O'Malley 
wins in the bantamweight in round three, TKO with punches, 433. Looked at that, looked like that was a really good fight though. Um, so the women's bantamweight, um, Aldana, I, I was really tossed up between the uh, Russian and the uh, Mexican. I don't know, he's from Guadalajara, Mexico. She gets the win, TKO, ground and pounds with 435 in the first. Beast mode of the Russian. So I lost on that one. I had Greg Hardy in the third match, but Tuivasa won and punches minute seven, knocked him out. Craziness. And then Gilbert Burns over Steven Wonderboy Thompson with five minutes in the third with the man. Oh, that was a unanimous decision. Gilbert Burns gets it. And the scorecard read 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Then Poye versus McGregor, the main event. End of the first round, done, TKO, Dr. Stoppage, broken ankle for Conor McGregor. What's going to happen? What is going to happen with Conor McGregor? Does anybody know? Is he done? What's going to happen with Dustin Poirier? Kind of anxious to see about his fight with maybe uh, the, uh, Olivier. I would love to see that. So Olivier is beast moding it up right now. So... Who would you like to, would you think they should go like a 4-5 type? Because if Poirier and McGregor fight again, which I don't, the possibility of that's probably 5-10% to 10 to me. Though if Conor McGregor wins and it's going to be 2-2, they're going to have to do another fifth fight. Which I don't think has ever done before. Not in the UFC at least. So, kind of anxious to see how that goes. Um, I want Nate Diaz in there. I know he did lose. I believe he did lose. So that kind of sucks. Um, kind of give Nate Diaz a chance. Kind of anxious to see um, how the other guy does. You know, the guys off the UFC like Komar Usman and um, Masvidal, East Coast baby, Florida. See what his next fight is coming up. So I'm really upset about the whole entire thing. Condit lost too. I I, I think I only went on the ESPN Fantasy. Uh, uh, when you do the fantasy thing on the UFC 264, I think I, it was the worst I've ever done so far this season. I went like, what? I think I was only like 40%, 20%, 25%, 30% wins. It was horrible. So, they just, just got some breaking news coming out of hockey, though, if you want me to talk about that real quick. So, it's just happened. The Chicago Blackhawks trade Keith to Oilers for Jones and a third-round pick. So the Chicago Blackhawks have dealt franchise icon Duncan Keith to the Edmonton Oilers for defensive Caleb Jones and a third-round draft pick reports TSN's Darren Drager. So the Blackhawks are not retaining any salary in the deal. 38-year-old Keith has two years left on his contract carrying an annual cap hit of $5.5 million. So there's your top headline there that just came across the wire here, right across my notifications. So now you got... All your sports recap news from the weekend. Stay tuned tomorrow to get your sports betting odds. Really excited because it's big time nowadays, guys. And you know how I always do. I always like to finish it off on some kind of funny note. This is actually, I, I just happened to Google it to see what was funny going on. This is July 10th um, from the Weekend Edition Saturday. The city of Colby, Wisconsin 
uh, attempts yet again to name the state cheese its namesake. So we're going to go ahead and read this post here. I'm in Wisconsin right now in Madison. So I don't, not, I don't know where Colby, Wisconsin is. But lawmakers have introduced a bill to make Colby the official state cheese of Wisconsin. This isn't the first attempt. Um, so they tried it before. So in these polarized times, it's hard to get politicians to agree on infra, infra, infrastructure suspending. Anyways, shut up. So Representative Rick Gundrum of Slinger says, I just have an issue making one cheese a state cheese, which is kind of hard to do. So we have a wide variety of Swiss, Gouda, smoked Gouda, Havarti, Provolone, Limburger, and Asiago. So string cheese also have their advocates. Maybe a slogan would put Colby finally over the top, like Colby, it only looks like cheddar, or Colby, 45 million pounds a year, can't be wrong. So there's, there's your little... Nice side tidbit there for Wisconsin getting all pissed off about uh, some cheese. Should it be Colby? The state cheese of Wisconsin? What do you think?